Well, good morning and, and welcome to Christ Church. My name's Bobby and I'll be leading us through the service this morning. We, we look forward to Kate bringing our Bible reading and Peter speaking to us on this week's parable and Ben leading our intercessions and for the first time in a long time being able to sing our praise to God out loud. I put probably get a clap in that one. (laughs) Let's be quiet for a moment just to mentally and, and spiritually arrive fully into God's presence, to be aware of him and to open our hearts in preparation to meet with him this morning. Let's just have a moment to commune with God ourselves. Heavenly Father, we pray that as we meet with you, you will meet with us this morning. Speak to us, we pray. Amen. I'm going to begin with an opening prayer, recognizing the the brokenness of the world that we are a part of. In the midst of the world's chaos, we come seeking his peace. Struggling to make sense of the world we live in, we come to Jesus seeking hope. Weary, And with hearts burdened by fear, worry, and sorrow, we come to Jesus asking for strength, looking for community in a world that is torn apart. We come to Jesus to know his love. And aware of our failings, we come to Jesus to receive his mercy. People of God, my brothers and sisters, in this place, This very morning, may we find peace, hope, strength, love and mercy as we worship and meet together. The reading this morning is from Matthew 13, starting at verse 24. It's the parable of the weeds. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seeds in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed seeds, weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed ears, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you're pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. And then at verse 36. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. 
As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Heavenly Father, thank you that we can come together this morning. Thank you that we can look at your word together. Thank you for this parable. Lord, teach us from it, I pray, as we uh, think about what it says now. In Jesus' name, amen. Some of you might know that I was brought up in rural Lincolnshire. During my formative years, we lived in a number of villages where, of course, agriculture surrounded us. As I was preparing this, I was searching my mind for relevant memories and experiences that would take us to the core of this particular parable. And I remembered that I had once been taken on for a morning by a farmer who wanted a group of us to work through a field of barley, pulling up the wild oats and the, that were growing there in exchange for a little bit of pocket money. The insight I gained from this experience was twofold. Firstly, that farm labouring is hard work. And secondly, that I should pursue a career in which the pulling up of wild oats should form no part. <laughs> My wife will still recount to anyone who will listen the time I pulled up cucumber plants from her allotment, mistaking them for weeds. So, no insight from my experience, I'm sorry, but we're just going to have to dive into the passage and see what the Bible text says. But we're also helped, to some extent, by this very readable commentary by Paul Lugudu, which I, too, would commend to people. I wonder what Jesus' first listeners expected when Jesus began his parable, The Kingdom of Heaven is Like. The Jews had been ruled for hundreds of years by various regional superpowers, the Persians, the Greeks, and now the Romans. And over that period, they'd experienced various degrees of oppression, power struggles, and misrule. Surely, the kingdom of heaven has God taking back control through his Messiah, cleansing the world of wickedness, and bringing in a reign of righteousness. I think on first hearing this parable, his listeners may have been disappointed. Jesus' parable begins, promisingly enough, a man sowing good seed in his field. They're not quite sure what the seed is yet, but at least it's described as good. But then along comes the man's enemies and sows weeds among the wheat. Well, that's clearly not so good. In fact, so much so that there were actually specific Roman laws forbidding the taking of revenge on an enemy by sowing certain kinds of weeds in their fields. So the question the man's servants ask of him, shall we go and pull the weeds up, would have had everyone in the crowd nodding in agreement, yes, you should. But Jesus' parable has a twist. No, the man answers, and he forbids any further action until harvest time when everything 
is harvested. The wheat is brought into the barn and the weeds burnt. Well, what did Jesus mean by this? Fortunately, this is one of three parables that comes with a bit of an explanation, a worked example, if you like, and they're all there in Matthew 13, if you want to find them. So Jesus goes on to explain the key points of his parable to his disciples. Jesus himself is the man who sows the good seed. The good seed is the people of the kingdom, and the field they are sown in is the world. The enemy is the devil, and the seed, his seed, represents the people of the evil one. And harvest time is the end of the age, and Jesus describes a final judgment when the wheat and the weeds face outcomes which are starkly contrasting. One thing that Jesus doesn't elaborate on is his plot twist. Why does he forbid the pulling up of the weeds? I think it would have been clearer to his listeners than to us. For example, we don't know what the weed species referred to in the parable is, but the consensus seems to be that it was darnel. Now, darnel is very closely related to wheat. They're in the same family, and it's sometimes called false wheat. And apparently, it's also susceptible to a fungal infection, which makes the grain moderately toxic, just the sort of thing that an enemy would want to sow. And according to Wikipedia, it bears a close resemblance to wheat until the ear appears. And that fits very nicely with verse 26, which reads, When the wheat sprouted and formed ears, then the weeds also appeared. In other words, it wasn't clear that it was a weed until you could tell the two species apart by the ears. But by now it's too late to start pulling the weeds up. The sower of the seed is wise, and he knows that if you start pulling up the darnel, you're also going to be pulling up some of the wheat. Presumably, the root systems are so intertwined in the same soil that if you pull up one stalk, you risk pulling up more than you bargained for. So they're going to have to wait until harvest time. What do we learn from all of this? Well, here are some of my observations to start with. Firstly, God will do nothing to harm the harvest of his people. Much as it is uncomfortable for us to live in a world where sin is flourishing around us, God is simply not going to just make it disappear. It's the reality we live with. Jesus wants a full harvest of his people, shining like the stars in the kingdom of his Father. He's not going to jeopardize one stalk. Secondly, God is patient and doesn't rush into hasty judgment. It is only in his time that the weeds are all dealt with. Many decades after Jesus tells this parable, the Apostle Peter is writing to a group of Christians, warning them of those who will mock them for their belief in the Lord's return. He writes, They will say, Where is this coming? He promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. Peter answers this by reminding us that God's timing is different from our timing. He writes, and this is 2 Peter 3, verses 8 and 9, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years 
are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. Why is he patient? Because he is not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Thirdly, there will be a day when God calls time, when the harvest has ripened and when judgment can wait no longer. Now the weeds can be pulled up. This is the time when the expectations of his first Jewish listeners will be fulfilled. To be free of oppression, to see a world of righteousness ruled over God, where wickedness is done away with once and for all. The kingdom of heaven begins with the sowing of the good seed. It is happening here and now, but it only comes to completion when the Lord comes again. So the expectations for his listeners are right, but only at the end of the age. My final observation is that God's judgment is on the basis of the fruit borne by each plant. Whether it's the healthy ear of wheat or the potentially toxic seed heads of darnel, that is the thing that distinguishes one plant from another. We become Christians by hearing God's word and responding in repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus. The reality of that, though, is seen in the fruit that we bear. I don't need to say anything more about fruitfulness apart from uh, referring you back to Susan's excellent sermon last week. Now, the main actors in this parable are the Son of Man, the angels who harvest the wheat and the weeds, and the devil. The human actors are only represented by the wheat and the weeds, and they don't really do anything apart from grow, which seems a bit passive to me. So how are we going to draw anything out of this to put into practice? Well, I've got three suggestions here. Number one is that we've got plenty to praise God for, for who he is. We've seen that God longs for his people to be with him in heaven. He's not willing for any of us to be uprooted prematurely, but he wants us all to be part of that harvest. We have a God who is patient, longing for people to come to him in repentance. We have a God who is wise in judgment and a God who is ultimately sovereign over the whole world despite the temporary flourishing of the weeds. Surely these are all things for which we can praise God. Number two is that we can be people of hope. The idea of the righteous shining like the sun in heaven is one I just don't think I can get my head round. Shining speaks to me of glory. And we're told by Paul that those who share in Christ's sufferings will also share in his glory. What an amazing thought. But we should also have hope, too, that the injustice we see around us will one day be dealt with justly and will be no more. Then thirdly and finally, there is perhaps one group of actors in the parable that we can identify with. I'm talking about the servants who came to Jesus and asked, shall we go and pull those weeds up? It is so much in our nature to want to sit in judgment on those around us. Now it is right that we should be aware of sin and injustice and be upset by it and to fight against it. But the Bible is also clear about this. Do not judge or you too will be judged, Jesus says elsewhere in Matthew. 
How do we judge one another? By deciding who is and isn't in the kingdom by doctrinal differences. Writing groups of people off as beyond redemption. Believing that someone is not worth taking our time to get to know. Being unwilling to take the risk to cross a divide in society. Or perhaps losing hope in a wayward loved one. One of the things that strikes me about the wheat and the weeds is how difficult it is to tell them apart. They are indistinguishable until the appearance of the seed heads. And they grow together in the same shared soil, shared families, shared education, shared culture, shared struggles in life. Instead of judgment then, our response to those around us, our families and neighbours and work colleagues, should be compassion. So let's be compassionate people and leave the judgment to the Lord of the harvest. Amen. We heard this morning we're planted in fields where we're surrounded by people who don't know our beautiful Saviour. Just uh, think of someone you know who perhaps you think is too far away to be saved too far away from God or or somebody who you long to see come to know the beautiful saviour and uh, and just lift them before the Lord. Father God we thank you that you have brought us to know you. Thank you that we know our beautiful saviour. Thank you for the work that you have done in our lives. And Father, we lift all these people to you, those who we have named and prayed for just, and we ask that you would bring good fruit, that you would bring them to know you. And uh, Father, help forgive us when we uh, assume that you can't and that there are people who, who never will come there we we pray that you would work miracles in these people's lives as you have worked in ours and so we commit them to you in jesus name amen so as we go from here we pray eternal god giver of love and life your son jesus christ has sent us into all the world to tell the good news of his kingdom Give us courage and opportunity. Fill us with love and compassion. Help us to live and speak the good news that we have received. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And a blessing. We are called and loved by God the Father and kept safe by Jesus Christ. Mercy, peace and love be ours in abundance. From God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen.